This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs, describing the work he does as literally anything under the sun for sustainability. Abdul Raza Aziz, who is the founder of Social Eco Enterprise Development for Sustainability, or Seeds Malaysia, has been working in any way possible towards promoting a more ecologically friendly lifestyle for us all. Together with his wife Intan and their family, they have been running a natural farming and sustainable living centre in Klang since 2017. And I read this, Raza believes that when it comes to farming, it's it's all about the soil, brown living soil. So it was World Soil Day on the 5th of December, one of my personal favourite uh, observances every year. And today I catch up with Reza about his work in permaculture and how we can all become soil mates uh, towards a greener future. Welcome, Reza. How are you today? Very well, thank you. And uh, thank you for having us uh, on your session this, this afternoon. My pleasure, Raza. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, I mean, this is not the first time that we're catching up. Of course, I, I caught up with you last year, uh, you know, when we were having that session about when you were doing that whole huge session on permaculture and uh, all of that. But it's great to have you back on the show. And Raza, you know, the theme for World Soil Day this year is soil, where food begins. I immediately thought of you, uh, you know, when when, uh, when I read that. Um, I guess, you know, maybe just to take us back to the start, you know, how did you and your wife, you know, two designers, uh, leave very successful careers behind to become farmers? Well, there's a long story, but I'll keep it short, <laughs> uh, uh, Julia. Uh, well, uh, it started because my late father wanted to have a farm. And at that, at that time, he was 82 years old. And to us, it was a shock. You know? How come he never shared with us this kind of a dream before? And he said he was, he was a little bit shy coming from a government servant to, to do farming. So for us uh, who enjoy uh, outdoors, it, it was just a moment of time where you say, okay, that's it, let's just do farming. So that was 18 years ago and I'm glad uh, you know, we didn't look back. And uh, we just jumped into the bandwagon. We started a goat farm in Kara, uh, not knowing anything. And we even mutated some of the grass growing. So the grass actually mutated. Uh, and, and the experts said, Raza, maybe you should reconsider because you're mutating the grass. You know? mm. uh, but um, looking back, that point that you mentioned, it's really about the soil. You know, everything is in the soil. And if you're able to understand that, then everything we do now should go towards making living soil. Mm -hmm. So it is very important. And like you, uh, I salute yesterday's uh, events of um, acknowledging the uh, idea behind making good living soil. And I, I want to talk uh, talk to you about that a little bit later, but you know, just very quickly, also, if you can also remind me, talk to me about setting up and establishing Seeds Malaysia. You know, it is of course, as I mentioned, a natural farming and sustainable living center in Klang. I mean, uh, yeah, and you, you guys basically, you know, from the ground, right, right from the soil up, you guys have been working uh, towards making it. And it's a beautiful. I've seen the pictures. I haven't visited yet, but it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Just remind us about setting that up. Yes, thank you. And uh, you should come by anytime. Yes. You know, it's always <laughs> open and for visits. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you mentioned, we, we just jump into the bandwagon. We're just two designers who don't know nuts about uh, farming. And I guess that put us in a trench kind of thing. We were in the trenches and we were stumbling. We were uh, having a lot of problems physically and mentally, emotionally. We were facing a lot of challenges too because we wanted to do farming fire through sustainable practices. And all the practices that we were exposed to were not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we there we were, two designers opening up a goat farm and suddenly we realised whatever people are doing in the market is really uh, going into a trap. So we forced ourselves to uh, understand a little bit of nature by really 
the input in one space and allow to absorb what nature tells us. Yeah? Uh, so we spend a, really a lot of time at the farm in, in that context. And um, Seeds Malaysia was mooted way, way before. Uh, I guess it started when we were young, when we were doing, um, social, uh, we were doing social work. Uh, with Rally International and NGO, and it's all about um, creating good leaders who are able to understand a little bit more on sustainability and making them better towards the future. So it, it mooted then, you know, if we are able to understand a little bit about what we can do to be sustainable, what if we now share with many, many other people? So hence, uh, Seeds Malaysia were, were created then, uh, but fast forward today, uh, we wanted it to be a movement more than anything else. Uh, we didn't want NGO, we didn't want any organization because we felt that well, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. That's one. Yeah? <laughs> and uh, we, we don't want to be uh, succumb to a lot of administrative requirements by the authorities. So we, we decided it to be uh, a platform all the way through, a, a movement. And not until a few years ago where Magic was the one who said, look guys, uh, you are doing good, but we, we need you to be registered in order to help you get to the next level. Uh, so, uh, a couple of years ago, we registered officially Seeds Malaysia and today we are a social enterprise. Uh, seriously, we're working with other NGOs uh, to, to look at ways and means to help others understand sustainability practices. Okay, that's yeah, that's wonderful, and I'm glad that you're a social enterpriser. You know, helping so many people, as I mentioned before, as well. Um, so much to learn, and so much for you guys to impart, right? All that knowledge that you've learned. Um, let's talk a little bit about soil, right? I mean, it's it's I guess one of the most underrated things, right? When you think about it, it's um, we just treat it like soil, like we treat it like dirt, isn't it? It's it's, yes. <laughs> but it is you know essential for human uh, survival. Healthy soil, that is, right? Um, you know, right. okay, I guess you know just very basic, right? Why should we be thinking about soil? Why is it so important? Okay, there's, ma- there's really many. And I hope and I encourage the listeners to find out uh, on the internet and talk to people um, in the fraternity of uh, farming. Yeah? Uh, but if, if you ask me point blank, give me three solid reasons. One is actually, this is where food begins. Like you say, everything begins in the soil. And if you research further, scientists are saying 95, 95% of the food that we consume as humans comes from soil. Yeah. Uh, so if, if that is the case, then uh, what's happening to the soil is next. Yeah? And I, I guess we are in a trap in many ways because the agriculture industry has gone towards making an abundance of food. Hence, they forget about things about the nature's requirement. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we do that, we are, we are now in a trap. Most agricultural land cannot produce food anymore because it has been degraded. So when we have so much land which is degraded, what's going to happen in the future or what's, can, what's happening now is a clear cut that we need to address this. So um, uh, just to give an example, like my farm, yeah? uh, when we when we sort of uh, took over that piece of land, it was uh, degraded and we tried to plant the grass for the fodder. We had problems because it mutated and so on and so forth. Right. We thought it was us. We thought it was uh, us not having green fingers, but technically it's because of dead soil. When we understood that, when we revived it in terms of regeneration, regenerating the soil, it flourishes. Until today, it's still producing grass. Yeah. So that's one thing which is very important. We have damaged our soil so much so that it cannot produce good food. Now we have to readdress that. So soil is very, very important. 
The foundation, lah. Is it is the foundation, it right? Is, upon yes, yes, which yes, everything yes. is built, pretty much, right? That's correct. <laughs> really, you know, from soil to soil, from dust to dust. You know? Exactly, exactly. And when it comes to good quality soil, right? I mean, what is it? Uh, I mean, uh, what is it that makes good quality soil? And you know, if if let's say we're a home gardener, for example, how can we actually cultivate that? Oh, okay. That's an easy one. Uh, just one word: compost. Eh? Ah, yes. Um, I yes, was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> yes, it is uh, very much. And uh, trust me, I didn't know about this um, um, 18 years ago. Eh? Uh, because we were focused on on trying to do creative industry and we do some plantings. We thought it, we had to have green fingers and it has nothing to do with colour or my fingers. Yeah? It's actually in the soil. And now that we understand it, um, making compost is probably the easiest way to address uh, uh, the lack of nutrients in the soil and um, I'm not the scientist uh, but um, these are things that the scientists have have uh, measured um, there's probably more microbes and good quality um, microbes in the uh, a teaspoon of soil uh, more than the humans on earth so that alone with the biodiversity it will actually help to trigger degraded land so composting is the key uh, fundamental that we need to address. And um, like you say, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Uh, when people ask me these questions about nutrient qualities, I say, don't ask me, just come to Seeds Malaysia, have a look at my trees. How can those trees grow 30 feet in four years? You know? mm-hmm. and so, so these are the record. Nature is the best uh, uh, results that I can showcase. Mm-hmm. And I guess, okay, so composting, I mean, is there any sort of good practices that you would recommend, you know, when it comes to composting or, you know, ways to, to protect our soil? Oh, okay. Also a good question. Uh, there's plenty. One which I really like is um, this website called uh, Garden That Matters. Okay. Uh, in Garden That Matters, they came up with this simple chart. It's like a game uh, flow chart. Uh, you start with what would you like to do? Compost. Do you like it in our house or outside? Mm-hmm. And then if it's inside or outside, do you like uh, creepy crawlies? If you don't, you go to the next level and so on and so on. You'll find one that uh, you will be uh, okay with. Yeah? Yeah. Whether it's in the house, whether it's in the compound, whether it's community. Once you, um, you pick that, then you zoom into the details. Find somebody who has done it. That's the best uh, advice I could could help with, yeah. For example, if you choose, uh, say, um, um, making enzymes, a lot of people know how to make enzymes. We can teach over the net uh, to do enzymes um, with microbes. Yeah. Uh, if you say uh, kitchen kitchen waste, there are many ways, you know, and and a lot of experts in there, urban, suburban, and rural, who actually practice how to turn uh, waste uh, kitchen waste. If you like what we do, one and a half tons a month of uh, compost done. Uh, with the minimal effort of 20, 22 man hours, I would recommend 18-day Berkeley hot compost. Uh, we enjoyed it because of the volume that we get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that, that really meant uh, a lot. You just have to choose one first and then just uh, call anyone in the fraternity of uh, natural farming. Okay, all right. And uh, we're going to discuss this a little bit more, Raza, but let's just go for a quick break. I'm speaking today to Abdul Raza Abdul Aziz. He's the founder of Social Eco Enterprise Development for Sustainability or Seeds Malaysia. Uh, he also has his own food forest in Klang. He's a chief seeder at Seeds Malaysia, as he likes to say. Uh, it, it was World Soil Day on the 5th of December. We are talking everything about soil. We'll continue that discussion after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. With me on the line today, Abdul Raza Abdul Aziz, the founder of Social Eco Enterprise Development for Sustainability, or Seeds Malaysia. Uh, basically, he runs his own food forest in Klang, uh, which is called Seeds Malaysia, together with his wife Intan and their family. It, you know, it's a natural farming, sustainable living centre. Uh, what else can I say about it? It's got a goat farm. Uh, you know, it's, basi- it's, it's fully sustainable. Uh, yeah, and you guys have been doing this uh, for years now, 18 years, as you mentioned. I was reading something very interesting. Uh, when your son was born, didn't you give everyone a packet of um, forest palm seeds, you know, so they could plant a tree? Yes, yeah, interesting that you you asked me. Here's a picture of you're, it. You're holding it right <laughs> now. It. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things that we wanted and I've got a good friend who illustrated the concept of uh, saving saving the earth at that time. You know, We only had um, uh, green peas at that time. Yep, yep. Uh, not many NGOs, so we lit up the idea of uh, giving people seeds so that they can plant uh, trees. Yeah, so this is how it looks like. Oh, it's just look a at that. It's <laughs> lovely. And this was, I mean, must have been what? More than 20 years ago? Uh, he is 31, okay. 32. There well, okay. There you go. Like you said, well before you even started this, uh, before you started uh, Seeds Malaysia, isn't it? And I was reading this other quote, you know, uh, and you said that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Uh, the next best time is now. I love that. Um, it's a no-brainer, right? It's just something that we should all be doing. Um, and of course, you know, growing and, and we saw that that up that surge, right, in people wanting to grow their own food, uh, you know, food security issues came to the fore, especially during the pandemic, right? Um, and we, of course, caught up last year to talk about permaculture, right? Um, yes. Maybe you can, again, uh, just share with our listeners, you know, what permaculture means to you. How did you become interested in the principles of permaculture in particular? Okay, uh, also another interesting um, question. Well, when we first started, it was eight, about 18 years ago into um, farming and we wanted uh, as natural as possible. At that time, we call it organic. Yeah? Uh, there were no talks about and there was no terms about permaculture. So we were left with trying to find means and ways to produce meat, vegetables, etc. without damaging the world. Yeah? Uh, we didn't realize about soil at that time. Yeah? Uh, so we were forced to look at alternatives yeah? uh, because other people were just literally using uh, chemicals and they cut the whole uh, area with, uh, with bulldozer. And we were term, uh, I remember the local uh, Sungai Dua Kampung folks were uh, calling us Orang Kampung Baru, uh, Orang Kaya Baru, you know, thinking that we are rich, we don't clear the trees. I said, look, I love the trees. You know, why should I cut down the trees? Yeah. Because to them, you got to bulldoze everything. Yeah, uh, So it, we, we went through the hard way of trying to find out. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, me and Intan, we spent a lot of time in the space uh, looking at nature, what it provides us, some answers in terms of terrain, water uh, fall, how the water catch the in catchment areas, the wind, etc. And we saw patterns. Yeah? Uh, and and, and uh, we treated our solutions with that kind of understanding patterns. Yeah? Uh, fast forward, um, later, after I understood and were introduced into permaculture, I realized that's what Jeff Lawton and Bill Morrison are talking about. Yeah, the understanding the patterns of your space, you know, and then work with it to make it work for you. So to me, permaculture is literally um, natural farming, as far as I'm concerned, because we come from Southeast Asia tropics, and um, we are not very far from. Uh, people who are not practice, practicing our sort. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Our grandfathers were probably doing it and uh, some fa- of our fathers are still practicing it in kampongs and whatnot. Yeah? So we're very, still very close compared to some Western countries. But I must agree, permaculture training grounds set by 
Bill Morrison and now uh, other gurus like Jeff Lawton, they are helping us to speed up the understanding and comprehension of uh, natural farming. So it is really about uh, trying to understand it and and work it very fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we practice permaculture and we teach people about the uh, understanding of it. Yeah. And um, it it makes a lot of sense now. You see the patterns all over the place and you see even the degradation of land, including the climate issues face. This is because we have not addressed some other issues. And permaculture is like, to me, it's, uh, I like to quote one of our uh, participants and orang asli. This is cara malas buat pertanian. It is the lazy man's way of uh, doing agriculture, but creating the best results. Yeah? <laughs> so literally do it once, get it right, and then it produces food all the time in the future. So I see Papangalcio as that. And I guess, of course, I mean, there will be challenges, of course, right? That beginners might face. You know, what are some things that, you know, folks who are interested, uh, you know, should look out for or, you know, maybe some advice on how to overcome these challenges? Okay. Um, I would, I would say, uh, without doubt, um, production of food is quite laborious in that sense because you're dealing with um, uh, nature that has been bombarded with many uh, degradation and we literally have degraded uh, our areas yeah so it is very very challenging uh, challenging and i remember at one stage my that particular son of mine uh, on the second raya uh, second year raya we were cutting the grass for the goats because we allowed uh, our staff to go on leave and he had tears in his eyes and he asked me that blunt question I don't understand why we are doing this, you know. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I had to hold it inside and 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 just continue doing. So challenges are a lot. But today, uh, you know, uh, after many um, after many years, he has realized the importance of it, and he's proud. He will uh, invite his friends to go over and spend the night in the farms. And today we have in in Klang. So the kids are now enjoying the rewards of what you know we face as challenges. So my advice to anyone is just jump into it. Make mistakes fast as possible, but learn from it. Yeah, uh, don't prolong your your agony of learning, you know, falling into the trenches. Jump into it, fall flat, pick it up, and fall flat again, pick it up, and fall flat. Eventually, it'll be flattened and easier path for you. That's my take uh, for those who wants to uh, get into production of your own food. Okay, great advice there. Definitely, I mean, you know, belum cuba belum tahu lah. I want to say yes, <laughs> also, yes. right? And uh, and the other thing I wanted to ask you, of course, is you know that some of the biggest problems facing us now would be you know our population growth, you know, climate change, all of that. How do you see permaculture fitting into uh, solutions towards um, you know this these uh, addressing these sorts of issues? So basically, what do you see uh, as the future of permaculture uh, as we head towards you know the, the a worsening climate crisis? Okay, um, that this discussion to the question has been uh, a long time, and I see a lot of issues and a lot of um, uh, unaddressed questions. Yeah? For example, people ask bluntly, "Can we produce tonnage of produce with permaculture?" My answer is yes, provided you understand what needs to be done. Yeah, uh, but once they start comparing this and that. Uh, there are many things that we have to understand. For example, if you take acre to acre, yeah, yeah. Uh, it probably take 10 people to address one acre of production of food that equates to uh, whatever amount. Say, let's argue for three tons. Yeah? Okay. But in comparison to a permaculture, it would probably be lesser. But what about the hidden costs? 
Yeah. What about your own health? What about your workers' health? Yeah. What about the water condition in the ground? And what about the degradation of the ground? And eventually, such grounds will not be able to produce. Yeah. So, what's happening in the future? Yeah. Then, what happens if you fall sick? Because you are only doing monoculture. You're not doing permaculture with many uh, herbs, spices, and blah 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 in order to uh, to help you with your your health issues. So I, I think there's there's a lot of misconception in comparison of of uh, production of food. Um, then I need to qualify. Uh, a lot of people argue with me the fact that okay, then how do we produce like uh, what the agriculture department are saying? We have to understand the agriculture department has to allow farmers to produce a lot for the masses. Yeah. We have to agree to that. Yeah? Now, how do we sub, how do we create opportunities? I'm coming from another angle and I think a, a lot of the fraternity members of uh, farmers uh, are also addressing this. What happens if you and me start producing our own food? What happens if our community starts producing our food? That means your community and my community are okay to be eating healthier food. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now what happens if a thousand people in our own communities do that? Yeah? And so on and so forth. Okay. Um, uh, then a lot of things will be answered because I think the movement of urban farming, community farming will be the future. No longer we will uh, succumb to production of vegetables and food from uh, targeted concentrated area like, for example, Cameron Highlands. Cameron Highlands are already facing this problem and their, their workers are not eating from their plots. Yeah? So something must be telling us something is not right. So I'm just coming from, uh, yes, we can't solve the problem now for the masses, but what if you and me can solve our problem? What if our families can solve our problem? To look at the example of Folofam in Johor, 80 families are able to sustain food production for themselves it, you're talking about 80 families, you know? Yeah. And, and that's like 250 people. So if they can do it and we multiply that by 1,000, 10,000, I think we can have some answers to really understand how food can be done by the people, for the people, yeah? rather than to, to succumb to waiting for farmers who produce food in a long distance and then all those issues of transporting and waste and etc etc by the time it gets to our, our table we realize it's actually a lot more with chemical based food yeah mm -hmm. so i think uh, we, we like to think that way come from the other angle Okay, all right. And, and you know, for you personally, you know, doing it all this while and, and you know, being sustainable, you know, feeding your family, uh, imparting that knowledge as well, right? What has been the most rewarding part of, of doing this work, you know, for you? Oh, a lot, uh, really a lot. One, one is um, our connection with nature is stronger. We are more appreciative and that term, Bershuko, is really great if you're able to connect well. Uh, earth and mother nature yeah? uh, that's that's the most rewarding thing but it comes a lot more uh, not to talk you know we, i can touch base with the um, um, idea behind working with family you know i've been working with my wife all these years and it, it, it's together with the family and money can buy that yeah um, and sometimes when we look back and we you know when we chat and say oh if i were to continue create uh, working with other people in in creative world will i be able to achieve and uh, go through my journey with my family with such things 
The answer is obviously not. Yeah. So yeah. that's that again. The 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 best rewards that comes with. Then we talk about the food. You know, I enjoy eating vegetables. I enjoy eating um, uh, half half uh, ripened fruits from the trees and and even things that probably won't get to sell in the market. I enjoy eating it because it's it's nature's reward for us. Yeah. And I I believe that's one way of looking at how we can actually live and be sustainable at the same time. Yeah, can you paint a picture for me of what's happening over in Klang at your place? So I mean, I read it, it's been described as a food forest, an edible garden. There's a herd of goats. It's got a training center and a seri- <laughs> series of compost piles I, I, that I feed know, the land. Yes, I know. Uh, my apology is because um, uh, being designers and being me and Intan, we like to do many, many things. And because of that, we confuse a lot of people. Don't apologise. Is- uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, I'm not complaining here. I just want to... <laughs> just try okay. to help folks understand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are one of those um, folks who enjoy doing many things. And we see a lot of things are interconnected with one another. Mm-hmm. And permaculture actually gave us the answers that we needed. So in our three-quarter piece of acre of land here that belongs to my late uh, parents, uh, when we took over with the blessings of my brothers and sisters, and they say, okay, look, you know, since you mentioned it, why don't you just take it? You're the creative guy. Do whatever you want to with it. Okay. And we've not lived in a big house before. Yeah? Uh, as, as in, we, we, we live in Subhanjaya in a small uh, lot. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so we are okay with small spaces. But when we came here, we said it's too big for us to manage to live in it. So we got to do something and a business of sort came into mind. Uh, so we say, okay, let's build a, an office. So we actually built a container, recycled container office that became a habitat and an office for us. Uh, then we took over that space and we cleaned up the whole entire uh, property in about six months and we started planting. And today we have uh, many things. We have a greenhouse, we have a, a large composting area that produces 1 to 1.5 tons a month. And when we say we, and I, I'm actually saying it's more of Intan and my daughter out there. And the other kids who does it more often uh, as a part of uh, their, their gym rather than you know uh, going to the gym. <laughs> Nature's uh, gym, use, yeah. Yes. Uh, we have our edible garden, uh, kitchen garden at the back. Uh, that's what uh, we plan for Audia, my daughter, to, to plan for uh, cooking. She's a chef. And uh, we've got a, a food forest that we wanted badly uh, because at that point, we realized there are many things that we can do in a space of sort. Uh, we wanted to create a gin bank kind of, yeah, of Pokok Pokok Nade. Uh, indigenous trees that you don't commonly uh, hear about, like Chermai, Nam Nam, Putat, uh, Bidara, uh, and so on and so forth. So we've managed to find, with the help of friends, uh, these species, and we have planted them in about 7,000 square feet. And today we are happy that we have about, uh, in total, eh, we have about 250 species. Uh, we just counted in terms of uh, food forests, yeah. Uh, then we have the house that we converted into a homestay, which is also the training center. It's, it's quite big. Uh, my dad has uh, eight kids, um, um, uh, you know, and, and he has that dream of bringing people and family back together. And now it can house about 28 packs uh, of, of uh, participants at one go. Eh? Okay. Uh, so it's a combination of things and, and uh, we enjoy doing things that we, we see very sustainable in the space. Uh, all we want is people to come here, enjoy it and understand how we do it so that it 
if Raza and Intan can do it, why can't I do it at home? Yeah? So it's just a sample that you come in, you enjoy, and then you pick up and you go back, do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think at the heart of it, it's very community-based, isn't it? It's all about, you know, getting more people on board. It's all about, yeah, how we can, I, I guess to steal that phrase, how we can jaga ourselves, like kita jaga kita, isn't it? In a way. Yes, yes. Very true, very true. And um, we see a lot that has come about. You know? People who has come in here, uh, there's one lady from Kampung Jong in Muazzam Shah uh, from the community of Orang Asli. She came here um, learning about how to do compost. And I remember she was there and she said, oh, I remember something like this that my uncle used to do. And, uh, and she went back, practiced it. And four weeks ago, I don't know, eight weeks ago, I saw a picture of her. And when I call her, he said, oh, it's a picture that I just received a certification of award. For what? And she said, oh, uh, I just taught 11 kampongs how to do your compost, 18-day compost. To me, that's a big reward as someone who actually just wanted to share, you know. So I... We need to look for more people of sharing and sharing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, just going back to, to soil, of course, right? I mean, it, like like we said at the start, you know, we don't consider it, uh, we don't think about it, we don't consider it as the backbone of our food security, which it really, really is. Because, you know, without healthy soils, I mean, what are food growers and farmers going to be able to do, right? How can they provide us with, with feed, with fibre, with food, with fuel, right? Isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. So, so definitely, you know, I mean, uh, if folks are interested, they can head to you to yeah, learn those basics and, and, and yeah, and then carry it forward and bring it back uh, to their own homes, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and um, if you can, if they can get in touch with us, there are many other uh, people in the so-called uh, natural farming, organic farming and permaculture in KL, in, in the whole entire Malaysia. Eh? Uh, there, there are many of us. Uh, we can just lead uh, anyone to, to their nearest space who can actually uh, help them with composting. Mm-hmm. And I think at the bottom line also, it's all about how we can harmonise with the environment, isn't it? I mean, that is also a, a, one of the backbones of uh, permaculture. Yes, it is very true. Uh, because the world is made up of biodiversity. You know? Everything is intact as one. It's an ecosystem. Um, we as humans, I guess, thought that we could separate certain elements of it and try to produce more. That's how the frame of thought of us, uh, researchers and agriculture so-called experts of those times. Yeah? Uh, true enough, it produced a lot, but they didn't realize the outcome of it. Yeah? Mm. And now we understand that such a thing, uh, such an approach will further damage the world. Uh, and, and of course, we are talking about soil. And uh, I still remember that chart. I think it's by this organization, FOA, yeah? who actually states that um, we as humans, we need about 18 nutrients in our body to keep us healthy, uh, be it for the immune system and so on and so forth. Yeah? 18 uh, substance, uh, chemical substances that we need in, in our body. Yeah? Uh, chemical, I said, the natural chemicals. Yeah? And uh, when you compare it with the uh, scenario of a plant, it's almost identical, which means whatever the, our body needs is whatever the plants needs. And... and Surprisingly or not, you know, it actually comes from the soil. So if the soil is not healthy, we can't get these 18 nutrients. Yeah? And if we, the plants can't get these 18 nutrients, we're eating that plant, whether it's from Tamara Island or whether it's from somewhere else, and we get short of the nutrients. And guess what happens to our body? It's short of nutrients. So I, I think we have to understand that first in order to to try something else, try something new, and it can be done with uh, any any soil in a pot, um, in a space in an apartment, or if you have a ground space in, in your area, you can actually address that. Okay.
And Reza, you can, you know, you guys are really, really busy. I mean, I see on your Facebook page, there's always some course that, you know, folks can join, right? What are some projects or some courses that folks can join? What are some projects that you have in the pipeline? Okay, the closest one is, of course, the HRB Corp uh, workshops. It's a four-day program. Uh, we have been doing about 190 and HRD Corp gave us another 200 to do by by May, uh, end of May next year. And it, it literally brings in people who are in need of education and some sense of uh, understanding about natural farming. Yeah. Uh, so we, we do that as a live-in program. Uh, they go through the concepts about natural farming and actually do some practical so that they are equipped to go back. And out of this uh, group, I normally do a little bit of uh, coaching and mentoring, uh, which is another thing uh, that uh, we do free, uh, but it's selected and uh, we probably continue. The, the longest one we've done is about two years already mm-hmm. with a, a, a one person in a community eh, that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's programs. Uh, we do customized programs for permaculture design course okay, uh, with someone else who are uh, actually uh, trained and, and equipped to do uh, the program. Uh, but we also do... Uh, corporate uh, programs like tree planting. We planted 2,200 trees last March uh, for Utah University. And uh, we've got one good project, which is a hotel in Tanarimba, where they wanted a small vegetable farm, but we convinced them to do rewilding instead of landscaping and vegetable. So that's going to be very interesting. The first uh, ever hotel that actually do rewilding not that they are not doing anything to sustain the, their part, but they want it to be more wilder. So mm. that's going to be a very interesting uh, next two, three months. All right. Well, thank you so much, Reza, um, for joining me today. Any last, any last message you'd like to leave to listeners, you know, um, I guess maybe in conjunction with World Soil Day or just, you know, to think about, you know, we're all uh, we're starting a new year soon, you know, maybe how they can start thinking about you know, uh, ensuring their own uh, security, food security in future. Okay, um, I like to borrow Sadhguru's um, uh, quote. Yeah, uh, he's he's now the key person who's promoting the understanding of soil worldwide. Yeah, <laughs> talk about soil. Just talk about soil and do living soil. Yeah? And once you start talking about it and understand, dirt will not be dirt as we understand it. Yeah, uh, it's it's something which we need. Yeah, to, 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 to address. Yeah? And once you start talking about soil, you appreciate soil as what it is, you start doing small things. And once you start small things, you see the changes in you. Once it becomes a, a behavior pattern, then I think we have an ability to actually address our future. Okay. Thank you so much, Raza, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Abdul Raza. I've been speaking to Abdul Raza Abdul Aziz, founder of the Social Eco Enterprise Development for Sustainability, or Seeds Malaysia. If you'd like to find out more about the work that Raza and his family does, you can head to their, well, they have a website. Um, you just need to go to campsite.bio/seeds.malaysia. But you guys are also very active on social media. You've got a Facebook page, uh, Instagram as well. Yes, uh, both uh, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. So just follow them on there if you want to if you want to find out more. And of course, uh, go and visit, right? Just head over to Klang uh, for yeah. a visit. Just make an appointment and head over. Um, yeah, and, and find out how you can start on this journey too. Two designers with no background knowledge successfully have done it. Anyone can do it, right, Raza? You've said that yourself. Um, if you missed any part of our conversation today, just download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM. FM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.